Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. This episode is near and dear to me because um, in my starting podcasting, or I was probably in the middle of my podcast, and I came across a podcast, Across the, the Pond podcast. And initially when it started, it had James Scott and it had uh, Katie Brinkley on it. And I listened to it. I listened, and I'm always remember this. I listened five episodes deep, and then something happened. I don't remember what happened after like five episodes. The 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 format. It, it seemed like things were clicking together and things changing. I'm a person that was very observant in podcasting from the day I started listening. And today I have with me James Scott, finally on the show, um, the hardest working man in podcasting. Um, he is the first person that I have met that has been instrumental in providing a podcast network. He has a slew of shows, which we will get into. But like we do in West Virginia and Commonplace, and like always, the number one question we ask is, who is James Scott? And James Scott, what are you bringing to the table today? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm James Scott. I am uh, not American, uh, as you can tell from the accent. So uh, born in Scotland, uh, in a small city called Glasgow. Um, I have been big into American sports since I was a kid. Um, I've got like an extended family out in the States. Uh, so basketball was kind of always our thing. And the, the thing that really bugged me as a kid is that I would always come over in the summer for summer holidays or summer vacation. But there's no sports on, like apart from baseball, but where I was, there was no baseball. So <laughs> I, I missed a lot. So although I'm a long time Utah jazz fan, I never actually got to see the jazz until about five years ago. Um, when I was over during the season. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, in 1992, something happened to you. Uh, there was an there was an athlete that uh, sparked a, a, a kind of charisma in you, or a higher self esteem. Um, this man, I'm not going to say his name, but me and you both know he's the assist king, and he was probably one of the greatest players ever coming out of Gonzaga. So, with, um, without me saying any more, please tell us about what happened in 1992. Who you saw on TV and how they shaped your life. Yeah. So like I knew about basketball um, because of family in the States. And I mean, I wasn't big into it and the coverage in the UK was there was zero. So I only knew about basketball through friends and family in the States. And obviously I was in Utah. So there was a couple of players that were pretty big back then and, and growing in terms of their stature. Um, and it happened to be at the Olympics in 92 on the BBC here in the UK, there was like a gap between the last kind of event and the closing ceremony. So what they did was the, the, the basketball final was on. So they decided to use that to kind of bridge the gap between like the, the last kind of track and field and the, the actual closing ceremony, uh, because it was happening away from where the closing ceremony would happen. And so I got to watch that game and I, I, I seen a few players I recognize, Larry Bird, Mary Jake Johnson, Patrick Ewing. And then I seen Carl Malone. I was like, oh, that's really cool. He plays for the Jazz. That's, that's cool. He's made that team. And then I seen um, little six foot one um, pasty white guy, uh, John <laughs> Stockton. Yes. And I was like, man, he, he looks just like me and he can play that game. Now, in the UK, soccer is the thing. Like, yes. you grow up and you play soccer. But I've got two left feet. So soccer for me has never, ever been an option. 
but my hand-eye coordination was pretty good. So I, I ended up taking up basketball and, and played it from pretty much that moment onwards. Okay. Now, aside from that, you, you grow up and um, you have this with you and um, you move on in life. So what, what did life, uh, how did life change for you? And what did adulthood turn into for you after that period of time from 1992? Let's go from 1992 till 2000. Right. So life got a bit, a bit challenging after 92. Um, so I'm still in high school, still kind of growing up. Many would argue I'm still growing up now in 2022. Um, but what would what would happen is uh, I faced a lot of medical issues. Um, I have a, a condition called neurofibromatosis, um, and if anyone can spell that, well done. Um, but it's a condition a little like elephant man disease, um, where you grow tumors basically, and they can grow pretty much anywhere. Uh, for me, uh, they grew in my head and in my face and stuff. Um, so at a very young age. I had a lot of surgeries. I was in and out of hospital, had major brain surgery when I was 15. But I had a lot of time off school. And that was very frustrating for me because that impacted basketball and, and playing. And the only thing I could do to kind of curb that was watch it and read about it. And, and you know, we're still talking kind of before the internet is really kind of taken off. So you're not getting like full games on TV like you do now um, being streamed online, like League Pass and stuff was not not around back then. So for me, it was I was getting to see little kind of two minute clips that were on NBA.com. Uh, and that was pretty much it. But I, I pretty much watched the entirety of their website for about nine months just because it was only content that you could get your hands on. Um, that That was kind of 94. Um, I came to the States uh, on, on summer vacation that year as well and uh, to spend time with family after kind of big surgery and stuff, uh, spent a month over there. And that's when I really, really got into basketball because my family, they had a, a, a like a lot of families in the Midwest, there's a basketball court out back. Um, we, we play through the summer at me and Tommy. And it was brilliant. Like it was really, really good. It was fun. And so when I came back to Scotland, we went back to school and at my school and, and the way that things work in the UK were, were very different to how they work in the US with teams. So I went to my school team and I was too young because they didn't have an age group for me. So I kind of made the coach take me on the upper age group. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm, I'm coming to training. Like if you like it or not, like I'm going to be there. Um, so eventually he just kind of accepted that he's going to be there. Um, and, and to be fair, like he gave me my first game, my first competitive game. Um, I wasn't very good. However, like over the, the coming years, I would improve. I'd get better, pick up skills. I, I have a baby hook that just like melted the rim. And like it, it was going really well. Um, and then like most things, um, you know, karma, karma can come back and bite you as well. And, you know, towards the end of my high school years, um, I got more tumors and stuff. And so it really kind of set me back. So I, I then became more of a, a spectator of, of all sports um, moving forward. By this point in my kind of age, I'm getting into the NFL, uh, following the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm really kind of starting to embrace American culture 
and a lot of that again was down to kind of family and stuff as well but um I, I got slagged at school i got called captain america i got called in fact people would say if you love america so much why don't you just move there and like all that kind of stuff so i high school and stuff was i mean i finished high school in 2000 and by that point i had a few knee injuries my, my knee would dislocate quite a lot and my knees felt pretty short so at that point, it was it was time to grow up and and get a job, and yeah, that was that was pretty much it. <laughs> and, and I thank you for giving that an audience understand this. You know, someone that deals with sports, it's always an amazing uh, portion to know someone's story of they played and something put them into a different position inside sports. And the greatest thing about sports is it doesn't matter what side you're on because he played, you know, James, you played basketball. So, you know, the rigors and you know, the ins and outs of it. And um, from there you went on and um, you continued, you know, being the best person you could be by spectating, uh, indulging in an American sports. Uh, I can't say that I agree with the Dallas Cowboys, but I believe at the time that you were watching Dallas Cowboys, you probably caught them at the tail end of their dominancy, correct? So, yeah. so you, so you know, I'll, I'll give you that sense. And you know, I'm a Redskins guy because I'm from originally Virginia, and the closest team was Washington, so that's where that goes. Now, staying with the sports in America would have been kind of hard for me because over there, soccer is crazy. Uh, just the Premier League, then UEFA, so much stuff. Like, to me, I know this is because I'm here and you're there. Um, the soccer to me is way more exciting than the sports we have here because, my God, the way the fans get rowdy. So I can understand, you know, the different the, the uh, culture uh, switch that you did because it is a few more sports. And, you know, um, one thing I always wanted to ask someone, why doesn't anybody ever talk about cricket? Is, is cricket something that just doesn't, doesn't move? Oh, dear. You had to mention cricket. Um, uh, cricket is a, I mean, I don't know if you know a footballer. There's a footballer called Roy Keane. And back in when he was playing for Manchester United under Alex Ferguson, um, he, he, he made a couple of comments that, you know, Manchester United weren't doing so well at the time. And, you know, there's some fans kind of giving him some jip. And he turned around and says, it's not cricket. You're not going to sit and have... Um, cucumber sandwiches um, while you're watching at halftime kind of thing. <laughs> um, and he was talking about that kind of uh, cricket has always been seen as a, an upper class game. Yes. Um, and in Scotland, they do have a, a cricket association. There, there is a cricket, I don't know if there's a league or if they play in England or not, but there, there is cricket in Scotland. However, it is the most boring game in the entire world um, and well, I have never gotten into it whatsoever well well, I tell you the honest thing growing up in our physical, physical education programs we had to play we played all kinds of sports we played cricket we played all these different things so um and you know the one thing that skips a lot of people is the lacrosse and the field hockey that's something because I'm from the north Atlantic you know that's something that that you know kind of draws people but we're getting back on target here so your connection to American sports stayed strong. Um, you get into your 20s, and this is a, a pivotal time. This is the the, the hard times in life because you, you're adult and, and you still like sports. Um, what was your first hardship that came along with you still liking sports in America? I think it's a time difference. Like when I was at school, um, the Jazz made the finals when I was in my last two years of school. 
and so I'd stay up till 4 a.m. and watch games. Like, it didn't matter because, like, I was young and stupid and energetic and I could wake up two hours later. Um, but these games would start at, like, 2 a.m., finish at, like, 4 or 5 a.m. And, you know, that that wasn't really hard, to be perfectly honest. But when you become an adult, <laughs> going to bed at, like, uh, 5 a.m. and you've got, like, a proper 9 to 5 job the next day, mm, that's a little bit more difficult. So... Uh, at the time, I, I was a little fortunate because I had a, a night, a, a job where I did both night shift and day shift. So when I was on night shift, we would have something on, you know, there, there'd be something there to, to watch. Um, but on day shift, like if I was working days, like I'd miss a lot uh, because I just wasn't available to, to watch it because, you know, I was getting old and had to pay bills. <laughs> All right. So you grow up and then the pandemic hits and different things happen. You develop a passion for podcasting. Enlighten me on what brought you into podcasting. And I'm going to put a little filler in here because it's something I do on the show. Um, what brought me into podcasting, I'm one of the 2018 podcasters. I was doing it just a little bit beforehand. And me and my partner, she bought me out of the podcast and she took it and went elsewhere with it. So I stopped for a little bit, but I picked it back up in 2019. Um, I just took a little bit of a break because I just had to get refocused and bring back my product. So what brought you into podcasting and what was your passion for it? So I, I'd listened to podcasts for a good few years and I listened to people like Tony Kornheiser. I listened to um, Bill Simmons. Like the, these are podcasters that, you know, I mean, even Bill Simmons, he's huge in the States, but in, in, in the UK, like, unless you really know American sports, you probably don't know who Bill Simmons is. So I would I would listen to them and you know what they're like. I mean, both of their shows were like two hours long because um, they can both talk. But what I noticed was that not only do they talk, but they have this way about them of talking where they can do a monologue, but it doesn't sound like a monologue. It sounds like they're having a conversation with you as a listener. And that's what kind of attracted me to podcasts so once I started listening to them I got more I started listening to like Zach Lowe and like all, all these people from ESPN Fox um Colin Coward not 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 a huge fan I think he's a bit sensationalist sometimes uh blows things a little bit of proportion uh, <laughs> so sometimes not a big fan uh but I, I I enjoyed those and then some buddies of mine or one buddy of mine started a podcast with another friend Ooh. and they were they were covering like British sports and I was kind of like, they, they did like a sort of an American segment and I was like, oh, it's not very good. Um, maybe I could do the American segment and I kind of dropped some hints and they didn't really take the hints at all. Um, so <laughs> I ended up, I was like, I wonder how hard it could actually be to set up a podcast. Like how hard could that be? And so I did some YouTubing, as most people do when they do research. Nowadays. YouTube Academy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was like, damn, it's really easy. And you can do it for free. Like, you can do this for free. Um, so I got myself an Anchor account. And I just hit record. And the first three episodes were terrible. Please no one ever listened to them. Because the army monologuing, not trying to copy Bill Simmons, and talking to the listener, but really just kind of finding a structure and a way of doing things and the type of stories that I wanted to cover. 
because I did want to cover a vast array of stories because I follow a lot of sport. And what I found was that I had my dad on. Uh, my dad is a, a baseball nut. He is a Dodgers fan, like for the last 50 odd years. So he knows his history. He knows his baseball. And so I had him on. We did an episode that where I kind of interviewed him. And oh my God, like, I was like, no, this is me. This is what I want to do. Like the monologuing was fun and I was kind of finding my way. But doing the interview, that was the thing that was like, it was like sparks going off in your head kind of thing. I was like, this is it. So I then set about trying to think, right, what I'm going to do for the NFL because the new season's just about to start. And I went onto Facebook groups and was like, anybody know anything about NFL would like to be a guest, looking for a guest every week kind of thing. And a couple of people, quite a lot of people replied, but almost all of them were like, uh, so yeah, I know a lot about the, the Steelers, or I know a lot about the Patriots, or I know a lot. About... And I was kind of like, well, we need someone that's kind of an all-rounder that knows the NFL. And one person put a message out and she said, I love the NFL. I love football. She didn't even tell me what team she supported. She just said she loved football. So I was like, well, I think that's going to be it. Um, so I reached out to Katie Brinkley and Katie was like, yeah, yeah, let's do a show. Um, it'll be good. It'll be fun. I love football. She used to be a sports reporter for radio in Denver. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's just do it. What's, what's the worst that could happen? So we, we did like a, a week one preview show. And at the end of that show, Katie, Katie says, right then. Um, so do you just want to do this again next week? And I was kind of like, uh, yeah, sure, why not? Like, I was going to have a different guest every week, but hey, yeah, if you want to do it every week, that's going to save me some time. Um, and then <laughs> I got a message about an hour later, and I was in bed by this point because of time difference. Uh, so in the morning, I wake up to this message from Katie, and it's this, it's not a long message, but it was longish. And it was like, we should do two episodes a week. I know you've not signed up for two weeks, uh, two episodes a week, but I think we should do two episodes a week. We should do like a preview show and then like a review show of the, of the week before. And I was like, yeah, I'm into that. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, that, that sounds like a really good idea. But I then had to think of the format. So we came up with the review show, which we just kind of go through the games. We talk about the highlights, the lowlights, um, depending on what team you support. Um, obviously, when the Cowboys came up a number of times, that didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> and then we came up with Guess the Win Margin on the, the kind of preview show. Now, initially for the first seven weeks, uh, 10 weeks, it's, it was just me and Katie kind of playing against each other. It was like, a, we made it a competition. Um, so guess who's going to win and by the margin that they're going to win by. Whoever's closest gets the point. Nice, simple, easy. And it meant that listeners could do that and play along. By week 10, we, deci we decided, let's have guests do this with us. Like, we'll just pull in guests. We'll have them do it with us. We did that for the rest of the season, and it was a huge success. And we, like you said earlier on, like there was something that kind of clicked. And I think it was, in all fairness, it was Katie uh, coming in. Like I had lots of ideas, but I didn't really know where to channel that. Whereas Katie kind of gave us a, 
direction to to kind of go in. And, and I tell you, as a listener, not as a podcaster, but as a listener, you could tell after a few episodes in that there was a sense of authority, like you that you all had an authority in the NFL. And that's the one thing, and this is for podcasters real quick. Um, that's the thing that when you have that inside podcasting and you have that commanding presence and you can have more than just a sense of authority, knowing that you're an authority without saying it, that is the powerful thing in podcasting. And I don't know if you, you knew it later on down the road after you've gone a little bit. So let me ask you this. Uh, there, there's a moment when everybody has to reconsider their content. They have to repurpose what they're doing. So you got to a point where you had to repurpose and you had to figure out what was going to be the next thing. So tell the audience about what the next thing, what came about. So we were we were coming to the war towards the end of the the regular season of the NFL, and in that year the NBA season had been cut short. Um, we were doing NBA episodes with Ryan, and it was just me and him, and we were putting them out in the same stream, and that was going quite well. Those episodes were quite popular, and again we were getting the level of guest that was really good. We were getting Kareth Burke from the Golden State Warriors uh, yes. as an example. And so we were doing really well with that. And then I said to Katie, I was like, where do we go? Like the NFL season is going to be done. It's not like the NBA where it's a 12 month league in terms of news stories. And Katie was like, well, why don't we do hockey? And I was like, oh, other than the Mighty Ducks, I know nothing about hockey. <laughs> and she's, she's like, no, 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 let's, let's do a hockey show. That'll be good. The season's going to start in January we've got enough time to get it set up. And I was like, right, okay. So I was like, well, who's going to host it? And she's like, it's fine. Josh, Josh, her husband, Josh will do it. And I was like, all right, if you asked him, no, <laughs> he'll do it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so me and Josh had a conversation. I got some, some folk in. We did some trial runs, didn't really work out. And then I got put on a call with Jackie Redmond from NHL Network. And it was it was just a spur of the moment thing. She put a post out saying she wanted to talk to fans, to hockey fans, uh, before the new season started. And I put my name in the hat and she picked me. And she also picked a couple of other people that like we're still in contact with now. And one of those was Chris. And Chris became Josh's co-host. Chris was from England which was perfect for Josh being out in, in Colorado. And then through that as well, we met Christy, who's now the like the backup host, and she kind of regularly kind of comes in uh, for like playoffs and kind of big events and stuff as well. And she's a beat writer for the Devils. So like when you talk about that kind of authority again, like those guys did that whole season. They brought in some amazing guests um, they bring in actors as well. They had Dave Hansen, who who's in Slapshot. Um, like they had some big wow. guests in that show. Uh, <laughs> and because like, I was like, crap, who am I going to get for the NBA now? Because they're getting all these people. Um, so, and and we it just kind of grew. And then the next stage was baseball. Uh, baseball season was coming up, and yes. I was like, we've got to get something for baseball. Now, I think for for podcasters and people who run multiple podcasts with other people, sometimes the hardest part, especially when you're dealing with time zones and time difference and different points of view, 
you know, things don't always work out. So we had three hosts originally and things just didn't work out. You know, there was time differences, there was work commitments, there was a number of things that just didn't work out. So we kind of stopped it actually for a while. However, when we'd been doing the MBA episodes, there was a kid from LaSalle University that we invited onto the MBA show. And uh, his name was Tyler. And Tyler had sent me a random message just before baseball season started. Have you thought about doing a baseball show? And I was like, yeah, mate, we've already got three people doing it. But when that situation didn't work out, I went back to Tyler and I said, look, man, if you still want to do a baseball show, I'm happy for you to kind of take this on. And he was like, yeah, man, love to. Thanks for the opportunity. Let's let's do this. And, and he came in and he worked his rear end off. Um, he did recorded, he edited, he did sound bites, he did everything. And I was like, wow, this kid's on, on point. Um, and then towards the end of that first MLB season, he ended up getting Ellie coming in. And Ellie had worked for NBC on the Olympics. She had worked with for the Durham Bulls. Um, doing their social media and at the time she just applied for a job with Duke and so she ended up working with Duke and then just before this season started she now works for the Nationals um, she's like their head of social media or new media they call it um, so like again you talk about people in authority and, and like they have a lot of credence because of the jobs that they do but also like their knowledge was so so good so we I mean we obviously built more after that but that was kind of the starting block to to everything, really. Okay. And let's go deep into to this before we get deeper into you real quick. Let's go over here. Um, now, I'm going to tell you amazingly that we do. We look at everybody, like, I follow you, I'm a, a fan, and we're friends in podcasting too. But, like, I look at your shows, and, and I look at them not just on an oh, You know I'm an Apple guy, so I look at them on an iPad, I look at them on a computer, but I listen to my podcast on my computer, and I know that sounds a little crazy because a lot of people just, they're on the go with them. When you go over to look at what you have set up, and I'm not talking about the website, but I'm talking about just like what you have on Apple, it lets you know about the eight shows. It lets you know the the host and everything. Um, the only show that I am not caught up with yet is the Motorsport. I'll get into that. I'm looking at it now. It looks like there's a lot of people in there. Motorsport is one of the only sports that I just, I'm a NASCAR guy sometimes, but everything else you know so let me ask you this and this is this is for podcasters when you got to the point where you started getting these fledging podcasts and you realized that you had to make a network you had to figure a way to, to make a conglomerate and now as of today you are a true blue business what was the first mistake you made when you started doing this sports network? What was the first thing that you got wrong? And the reason I ask this is because there's going to be someone that comes up that's going to do a cooking network and podcasting one day, and you're going to be the model for what they do. So, so the first, the first big mistake. Now, I'm probably made lots of little mistakes at the beginning, but I think the first big one that really had an impact was I was approached by a company who said, basically, we'll pay you to play adverts, our adverts on your shows. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, but at that time, I didn't have a great knowledge of the podcasting world, how advertising yeah. works. 
and so on. And I'd asked some people for some advice. And they said, if it's one of these deals where it's like for every thousand plays you get, you're going to get a dollar. Don't do it because that's you. I mean, you're still small. You don't have that size of listenership yet. Um, and, you know, it's going to take you some time to, to kind of build that up. And I was like, yeah, 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 I know. But they're kind of offering me money now. And like, I don't have sponsors. We don't have anything like that. This could be a first kind of deal. And that was what I was thinking. <laughs> and then I, I had a conversation with the guy at the company. And I said, yeah, man, I, th- I think we'll be into this. Yeah, I think this 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 could work for us. Um, and they wanted to start this whole kind of sports social type kind of network themselves. So we would ourselves a network be in their network and it started off okay and then you know they started kind of putting down kind of oh you signed this contract and now you have to put out this much of episodes this much content and all this kind of stuff and I was kind of like no that this is my network like this is this is these are my shows um and so it ended up the last two podcasts that we started was uh, on the links and motorsport uh, and both of those shows I didn't even give to them because I was like no I don't like the way this deal's running and it was a 12-month contract and there there in lies my issue it was 12 months I was locked in and that was a huge mistake like I should have listened to the people that were giving me advice um and I didn't read the contract. I just thought, you know, I mean, who reads contracts, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> it's just money in your face, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I signed it um, and I paid for it because it, it just didn't didn't work out. And it was it was a bit of a bum steer. They obviously loved it themselves, their, that company, because they had so many shows. I mean, we gave them six shows. Uh, so they loved it because they were getting six shows worth out of it. But we we didn't really make any money out of that deal whatsoever and it was for 12 months and it was it wasn't just a guaranteed 12 months it was an exclusive 12 months so we couldn't go anywhere else we couldn't even bring in sponsors or anything like that so that that I would say was a very costly uh, error on, on my part and I can agree with that one. I can tell you, me and you both know this. And what I do like about your podcast, and I want to say this out there, and this is to none of the hobbyists out there, but you run your podcast the same way I do. It's it, after we started off as a hobby, but then it became a business. And that was one of the hardest things for me too. Uh, just diving a little bit into me. Um, my mistake was, was not looking at that, those deals like that, like looking at certain content, because certain content on my show, well, my Thursday show, for instance, that was locked in because um, in my case, it was PR firms. We're going to bring you this guest. We'll give you X amount of dollars for having them on. We'll give you X amount to promote them. But we want to have these shows and we want to own that content. And I, so in my end, all I did was simply after the uh, time was up, I gave them their content and I just moved it off the platform. So I definitely thank you for that. Now, let me know about your triumph. Let me know about the point when you knew you had made it in this business. But here's the thing we get to a point our success is only as far as we go it's not about what happens along the road but it's as far as we go from where we started so from where you started to where you are now that's success 
that, that's my determination on I stole that from Steve Harvey because he said that makes sense. Like we don't want to put accolades or put plateaus or hills that we're going up or make a mountain out of it. We just want to make it linear and across. So the success you have now, when did you know like that you had made it in the sports network and in the podcasting industry? I think for me, I, you know, I've never really looked at kind of the, the podcast industry as a whole, as, as the benchmark, what I've kind of looked at is, and I've not looked at listeners either, because when I first started, that was one of my smaller errors. I was like, I, w- I was freaking out. I was like, oh man, this episode's only had 20 listeners. What, what am I going to do? It's only been out four hours. Like, what do you expect? Um, so for me, it, the success has been not only the guests that we've had, but the guests that then tell us they want to come back and we can call on them again in the future because it means for me that they've had a good time, they've enjoyed the experience and, you know, we've, we've treated them well. Like we've not had them on and been sensationalist or anything like that. One big thing that we do and that we're concentrating on is women's sports. And yes. we, have our, we, we have our WNBA show with 11-time, 11-time, 11-year veteran uh, Michelle Snow as as the host. And one of the the amazing things that she brought to the table was obviously she has many, many contacts in in the WNBA and and that sporting arena and also the NBA. And one thing that was really, really cool was that when I got connected, and we got connected through a friend of a friend of a friend, and when we did, it was that kind of, light bulb moment like I sold her the concept of what I was looking to do I wasn't looking just to do a oh this was the score this play was great whatever I wanted to tell the stories of the women of the WNBA because at the time Elena Deladon had refused to play for the Mystics that year because she had Lyme disease and with COVID and Lyme disease that wasn't really going to be a great mix the WNBA were like, no, you can play because their doctors cleared her. But her doctor, her personal doctor said no. And like, so you had stories like that going on. I was like, man, like if, if that was the NBA, this wouldn't be an issue. Like this, this wouldn't be, this would be, yeah, no problem. We'll still pay you, whatever. Um, so for me, like having someone like Michelle Snow and, and having her come in and buy into what we were trying to do. Now, Michelle's a very busy woman. She runs businesses. She works for Nike. She obviously does still stuff with the WNBA, with the alumni and so forth. And what was amazing was that she kind of bought into what I was trying to do. And she was like, yeah, let, let's go for it. And we're in our second season now. And what's been really good is the engagement that we've had has surprised me we have young girls from both sides of the pond america and in in the uk they message us and they're like oh we love the show or like it was great to hear this story or whatever and then what really really surprised me was the parents i i've got there's, there's one dad in particular he messaged me messaged me quite regularly and he'll say love the episode great episode Way back when we first started, he would, he'd be sending me messages like, we listen to the show when we're driving to basketball games for his where his daughter would be playing. 
that was her pregame ritual that she would listen to our show on the way to basketball and I was like that's a really good feeling and when I told this to Michelle Michelle was like that's that's the sauce right there <laughs> now I'll tell you me and you talked a little bit behind the scenes um I remember we were talking about something and uh, it had to do with a media pass uh and, and i remember when we me you got to talk about it, we were a little excited because I, I don't know if you had got your first media pass for was it the nfl so what? yeah the, the nfl um they had we had been at them for a while for media access and to be fair like as someone who's never been in the media whatsoever like i have no media training nothing i didn't know where to ask for access didn't know if i had to go to each individual team or what it was so I, I kind of got in touch with the NFL because we wanted to get access to the London games last year. And how do you apply for that? And this guy at the NFL in London uh, said, oh, you need access to NFL comms. And I was like, all right, <clears throat> what's that? And he, he was like, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll sort you out. And I was like, all right, cool. No problem. And then he set me up with this access and Suddenly, I'm getting emails with all these press releases from the NFL. I've got access to, like, player info, uh, injury info, like, everything, anything that's going on in the NFL, I had access to. Logos. So, like, we can actually officially use the logos because we have that access. And I was like, this is insane. I don't think they meant to give me this. And then there was a section for events, and you could apply for for access to the London games. You can apply for the Super Bowl. Um, we did apply, but obviously at that point, we were still quite young yes. and, and stuff. So um, obviously there's four London games this year. Um, and one of them is the Broncos. The Broncos are coming over to play the Jaguars. So we're obviously applying for that one because Katie being a Denver fan and obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars will soon be the London Jaguars. So like <laughs> we, we were, we were kind of like, oh, they've given us this access. And when I showed Katie what it was, Katie, when she worked in sports radio, that this is the kind of access that she had back then. It wasn't exactly the same. It was like a, an updated version, but it was the same. kind. And she was like, that is gold. That is absolutely gold that you've got that. Um, so we, we're kind of building on that. We've reached out to the NBA. They've now given us access. Uh, we reached out to... Obviously, the WNBA comes as, as part of that as well. We've reached out to the NHL, the MLB. We're still waiting to hear back from them, you know, if they're listening. Um, <laughs> so, But to have the NBA, the NFL, the WNBA, that, that's big for, for what is, I mean, the, these, these entities, these sports leagues now treat us as a media organization because they've given us this access and we can now apply for accreditation um, I'm flying to Phoenix. Well, I'm flying to Vegas because um, it was way cheaper. Um, so I'm flying to Vegas <laughs> in February. I'm going to drive down to Phoenix for the Super Bowl. Now I don't oh, have wow. media. I don't have media credentials yet, but I'm going to be there regardless. So if anyone's there, you can always um, give me a shout. But I was like, and you know what? Salt Lake City the weekend after the Super Bowl is All Star Weekend in Salt Lake City. I have family up there, so I'll just go for two weeks, and I'll just <laughs> I'll just drive up to Salt Lake after the Super Bowl. <laughs> and and I remember because this is what happened. Um, 
you had did a lot and you talked a little bit about something and then me and you got to having a conversation like outside you know just through messages or whatever and I remember that and I was like man he's made it that, that's that was the moment in the, and I remember that that's why I pulled it up and said it something to you about it um and I was just like wow because later on down the road um we cover a little well you know my show we do everything we covered wrestling we got some media passes to see some wrestlers and I was like man that, that was exciting I mean it wasn't on your level but you know and then I've gotten access to other things so I was like you know James is coming up in the world and um with all that it's one thing that I need you to give to podcasters real quick um and this episode that we're doing here this is my normal Thursday bread and butter the, this is going to you know you you've got that kind of star appeal to me um so so I used to do a show called podcast collide which we retired but I have a, some questions I need you to answer for these podcasters because they need this kind of help what was the first thing that you had to correct in your podcasting shows? What was the first thing you had to correct? Um, and I'm going to give you some filler so you can kind of get a feel for what I, what I had to do. Um, I did great shows. I always do these nice little questions, heart-to-heart stuff. But my titles, they were lacking. My show it, two years ago would have been James Scott. That's it. Yeah, for me, uh, I had to... I had to had to change me uh it was funny like when you do editing you you don't realize the way you talk until you hear yourself talk and no one likes to hear themselves let's be honest right I really don't like to hear me so I I would be talking and it'd be like yes so uh you know uh and if uh and I was like why am I saying S? And like I, I remember shouting at my at my screen, why are you talking like this? You do not talk like this in normal life. So it was just like, so the first thing I really needed to change was me. And I had to become aware of how I'm actually talking, not how I think I'm talking, because uh, they're two different things. Okay. And, and me too, sometimes I had to figure out the enunciation because I am from the mid-Atlantic but I'm from the country. So sometimes when I talk, I sound like an auctioneer instead of a mountaineer. And I have to be careful because sometimes if I speak real fast, you need subtitles to understand what I'm saying. So yes, I do get that there. Now, um, the the hardest part in podcasts is, is when you get into the middle of things. And what I mean by the middle, um, what happened to me is I started getting to a certain level and there were people that came up with me, just like me and you, we came up together. And it's not a lot of us left, but getting to the middle, there was a lot more that left. And I realized, you know, just from the single thing of, you know, even if you didn't listen to every episode or anything like that, if just sharing something or just having a common knowledge or saying, Hey, I listened to this podcast here or there, our, our network of podcasters always tried to make sure that someone's information was getting shared. Even when I had some more free time, I would post everybody's little thing and little things to just to make them so people would notice shows. And, and that, that was something that I did because I was like, Hey, I listen to these shows. I like them. I want them to have some type of notoriety because in the middle of things, there's no notoriety. There's a lot of doors shutting in your face. So what was the middle like for you when you got to the middle of podcasting? Yeah, well, first of all, um, when you when you would put out those posts, very skillfully designed posts, I was like, I, I would be messaging Katie, oh look, we're getting a shout out. This guy's getting a shout out. This is awesome. This is amazing. Uh, and we'd be like, we, we would both go on and look and be like, yes, this is, this is awesome. Uh, so 
thank you for that first of all oh, that, always, was, always. That, that was really cool because uh, the, the thing is as well like when i started this like you, we said at the beginning this started as a bit of a joke and like i thought five episodes in and i'll be done so i mean we're at 107 now so and that's just a one podcast so we're, we're kind of moved along the middle for me you know that there is a grind that that happens uh people talk about pod fade and, and all this kind of thing and there was there, there's been an instance where i had conflict with me within me because i was like am I doing this right? And, you know, I, I kind of gave myself some anxiety because I started overthinking things. Am I doing this right? Am I just annoying people? Like, what am I actually doing? And I got really scared and I was like, no, I'm going to have to stop this because this is just, I'm going to have to stop podcasting. I'm going to have to shut it all down. I, I, I just don't know. It was like a crisis of confidence almost. And it, it took people like, my wife, uh, Katie, and a few others to kind of like give me that shake that I needed. James, you're doing a good job. You're growing this. This has become a thing. Don't freak out now because this could really go somewhere. And, you know, sometimes you need that from external people. Like you need to stop listening to your own thoughts uh, like I was at that time. Um, but that was that that kind of middle ground was kind of scary for me after that I put out three new shows like within the next couple of months we we had three new shows so uh, I went from doing really well growing slowly having that crisis of confidence getting dragged back in and then kind of hitting the ground running again sometimes I guess we all have it as creators. Like you have that crisis of confidence of, oh, do people actually like this? But it turns out they do. So, <laughs> so, so you picked up from there. Now, um, you have a family. We both have families. We both share one thing in particular. We both have autistic um, sons. Mine's fourteen, and yours is a little bit younger. I see the pictures, you know, because we're both on each other's personal. Um, how does your son? Or how do both of you, how do your children affect your shows? Uh, so my two oldest sons are, are both autistic. Okay. Uh, Logan is 12, Carter is six. Okay. Uh, so there's, there's a bit of an age gap between them as well. Now, Logan uh, is fully variable, very high functioning. And he, at first he was like, this is great. Because he's a big YouTube fan. Like he just loves youtube so he's like oh this is great this is like an audio version of youtube and that's the way he's seen it um he is not interested in sports whatsoever in any shape or form <laughs> but he sometimes I'll, I'll walk past his room and he's listening to something like he's listening to an episode of something it's not even mine he'll listen to another show uh, he'll be listening <laughs> to motorsport or something so he he like he, he does kind of buy into it sometimes uh, Carter, un unfortunately, he he's non-verbal and he yeah, he's he's got no interest. He's he's in his bubble. Um, he knows what he likes and he and he goes along with that. Uh, our youngest son Cooper, he thinks I'm a pain in the rear end because uh, all I want to <laughs> do is is podcast and stuff. Uh, but then he's only five, so um, but he's he's going to start basketball practice uh -oh. uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, what he doesn't i don't think he's realized yet 
is that I'm going to be the coach. So uh, he, he doesn't, I'm going back to my old club where I played uh, and I'm, I'm going to coach uh, that age group. So five to 10 year olds, that'll be fun for a Sunday morning. All right. And one thing I need this for my co-host because she's uh, my fiance. Also, I need this because your wife, one of your biggest supporters, how does she feel about the whole podcasting as a whole? So as a whole, um, honestly, she is a freaking rock. Um, she puts up with me working when I'm at home, even though I'm done with my day job and like, I have a, a full schedule all this week and weekend. Uh, and, and she she is there to, to give me time, give me support. I can run things past her. And uh, no, she's she's been really, really instrumental uh, in making this all happen. Because um, without her support, there's I, I could probably carry off doing my own podcast that I originally started with. But there's no way that we could have built what we've built so far and what we plan to build in the future without her support in the background. And, and this is the thing, like no one sees what she does in the background because she's in the background. She's not on mic. She's not on camera. That would probably freak her out. Um, that'd be way outside her comfort zone, but you know, she's there. She's always there. And like, especially with the kids, you know, with autism, you know, there's a lot of challenges that come along with that. Um, so I really appreciate like the, the support that she gives. And our, our middle son, Car, also has um, epilepsy. And hey, this started on October of last year. And we, we kind of freaked out. We were like, what the hell is going on? We didn't know what it was. We didn't know what was going on until it got diagnosed. And yet she was a rock through that entire kind of process. Uh, and I was a, a bumbling, nervous wreck. And is she doing, how's she feeling now? With the epilepsy thing, you know what? She She's, again, just a rock star. Um, he, he had actually another uh, seizure on Saturday just passed. Uh, lasted about a couple of minutes. And I was actually fine this time. I was kind of like, no, no, he's fine. I've got him, I've got him in the position he's he's fine and you know for for him it's almost as if he's gone to sleep woke up and been like what's going on kind of thing why is everyone standing over me but um so he's he's in a lot better place now as well so well, glad we're all good that. all right now james it comes a point in the show um i'm very esteemed to have you on the show i'm glad that we finally got this thing going yeah. and i will have to have you back for a second episode because my guy, we could talk a wealth of sports and just life in general. Um, real quick, uh, I need you to give a huge shout out because you, you've talked about the family, but give them the, the proper shout out on the show so that they'll know, you know, if they even listen or, you know, your oldest picks it up. Um, let them know uh, you care and everything else real quick if you don't care. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, like I say, man, I can't thank my wife enough for, for the work she does. Um Logan is his own person and it's been great to see him grow. Um, he's going to high school um, after the summer. Uh, that's, that's a big adjustment uh -oh, for him. Yes. Um, but he's, you know, he's take, he seems to have taken it in stride. He's known that this change is coming. Change isn't always easy for him. Um, so I'm proud of the way he's, he's, he's kind of done that and reacted um, and moved on. And Carter just kind of goes from strength to strength. He is, 
Um, he's a little guy, but you know he's got his own wee ways of doing things. But you know he's he's done really well in school. Um, he goes to to class, and you know he's had seizures and everything come into his life and be quite disruptive. Uh, but I think I think for the most part, I mean he's quite grumpy after them. But I think <laughs> for the for the most part, he he's done really well. Uh, and for Cooper. Wow, he's like the Tasmanian devil of the family. He is just like winding everyone up. Uh, he's definitely going to be a character uh, moving forward, but uh, it, it will be fun to watch him grow too. Okay. Now, one thing that goes in the show, and this is vintage, we do a shameless plug. You have eight shows. I need you for me so we can end this thing. And I thank you so much for coming on real quick before we do all that. Can you do a great shameless plug and plug every show every host too every host because I, I, I need to know every host from 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 motorsport <laughs> right okay that 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 is a challenge um <laughs> challenge accepted uh, so first off then we have across the pond mlb uh with tyler and with ellie uh, great host pairing both from the east coast I uh, have some great guests. Julia Morales from the Astros was on there this week. Uh, that episode's going to drop Ooh. this week um, at the end. Across uh, the pond, motorsport then. So whew, we have Joe, Jordan, Brianna, Lausanne, and Laura. We also have Amelia. But funny story, just before we started recording the motorsport podcast at the beginning of the year, she agreed to do it. And then two days later, she got a call from Disney. And Disney said, we need you to come work on our cruise ship. So she's been there for six months um, and she's coming in in a couple of weeks, I think, uh, to do her first episode. Um, so it's kind of crazy because she's on the logo and she's been there for ages, but she's just not been around, uh, sadly. <laughs> but she'll be back soon. Um, across the pond, NBA, got Rory from uh, Toronto, uh, uh, Ryan from Edinburgh in Scotland. Uh, those guys are coming back in a couple of months with the new NBA season. Obviously, we've got loads of news. KD kind of asking for trades and all that kind of stuff. And my jazz, absolutely, Danny Ainge has ripped the team apart. Uh, across the pond, NFL will be back in a couple of weeks with me and Katie. We're looking forward to that. We're planning some big guests for that again. Across the pond, NHL with Josh and Chris. They are back. Um, which is going to be absolutely amazing. Looking forward to that. Uh, we've got Across the Pond Sports. That's going to come back uh, with two new hosts, um, Dan and we're hoping Nina Grace. Um, Nina Grace was actually a guest on the WNBA show, uh, but we're going to take her on as a host permanently. Uh, and then we've got Across the Pond WNBA with myself and Michelle. Um, that's We're just coming up to the playoffs, uh, which is really awesome. Uh, it's been such a good season. Also, it's quick, a quick season because they've got the World Championships coming up um, after the season finishes. So they're kind of wrapping up the playoffs quite quickly this year. Um, and obviously, the biggest story that we cover and we have covered all season long is Brittany Griner uh, yes. and what, what's been going on with her in Russia. Uh, so because that's that's something that initially we didn't talk about for the first few weeks until Britney's wife said, no, I want everyone talking about it now. Because initially she said, I want media silence. And we respected that. Um, but when she said, no, I want everyone talking about it now. I want pressure put on Russia. Um, we, like everyone else, did start talking about it. And, you know, she's just been given a nine-year jail term in Russia. Yes. Um, 
and we hope and pray that she can she gets back a hell of a lot sooner than that and back with her family uh, friends and, and also her teammates because they it is very clear to me that the, the WNBA is a small community uh, and they all love one another dearly and they just want to see all see her home okay and, and wholeheartedly like that is a situation that we mean I wish well, we, we may have to, I might have to catch you sometime for a mini episode about that because that's a huge topic. And that's one that like over with my society culture stuff would be something really great. Um, I'll definitely get in touch with you about that. Now, audience, James Scott across the pond sports network inside my show notes um, from James at some point, he'll send them to me and I'll put them in the show notes. You will be able to find everything. You'll be able to link up to everything, social media, any and every way that you can find him. I am JR, the host of West Virginia and commonplace. And this has been James Scott from across the pond sports network podcast, uh, WNBA motorsports, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and one of the links and one thing that I will leave here, you never know what other sports he'll take on afterwards. Because there's well, we a few other plans. Yeah, there's a few other plans. things. <laughs> and one thing that I want the audience to remember, always get in touch with them via their social media because he pops up in a live every quarter. Not every week or every month, but every quarter. And he announces amazing things before you see them come to fruition. So definitely please do that. And I am JR and we are signing off. <laughs>